Hey, welcome everyone to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent. I'm here with Alan, and we like to talk about things that help you to do well and to endure. And so today we're going to be talking about um, what does your typical Sunday morning look like? And Alan and I, we talked about this and we used to have, and of course our roles have changed a little bit now, but um, we used to have some very typical things and we did a lot of the things that we did the same. So we want to talk about what we did. But as we talk, Alan, uh, we want to encourage others to um, let us know what they typically do and uh, how their what their Sundays look like as well, right? And yeah, we want to talk about having a good routine on Sunday morning. And Trent, you know, as parents, we knew how important it was when our kids were little to have a good routine. You know, when the routine was interrupted, the whole household turned upside down. And I think <laughs> happens too when pastors don't have a good Sunday morning routine. It's easy for your Sundays to get turned upside down. And not every Sunday is going to be perfect. Not every Sunday is going to go as it should. But more often than not, there should probably be some tendencies and some things that you have kind of built in that help help you have the best Sunday possible that you can have as a pastor. So we just want you to think about your routine. Our routine may not be your routine, and that's okay. Yeah, Alan, I agree. And and everybody's going to be different because of your personality and your gifting, but I think part of the, the important part of a routine is that you have things ready so that if something does happen that changes things up, that you're not totally freaking out. Because I remember we had a really awesome guy that went to get donuts for us every Sunday. Um, and, you know, that's just a little thing. But there were times when he would be sick or something and nobody else was around and Thankfully, I had gotten my stuff together and I could go get the donuts. And there were times when that just freaked me out, right? I don't have any hair, but if I did, it would, would have been on fire. So you have to kind of be ready for those things. I had a dear saint that always, when she brought in donuts, she would grab the blueberry cake donut and set one on my desk. What a, oh, man, what an awesome that's thing. a tremendous person in your life, the blueberry donut person. You all need, <clears throat> all need that person. So I hope you yeah. have Let's let's uh, talk a little bit about this, Trent, because Sunday morning doesn't start on Sunday morning, does it? You know, we have that old saying that uh, Sunday church is a Saturday decision. Well, for pastors, Sunday always starts on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have on our note here, I think this is really true, that um, I know that you avoided some late nights on Saturday, and both of us, we tried to, you know, not be out super late because that was, it caused issues and, you know, you're exhausted the next day and trying to be up and ready to go. But um, yeah, it does. You have to kind of prepare for Sunday morning by the things you do on Saturday night. Yeah. It, it goes down to the movies, you know, all those kinds of things. I would really try to think through what is it that I'm going to do on this night? Is it going to interfere with Sunday? Can I prepare if I am going to have to do something on Saturday night? How can I prepare differently? So I'm ready for Sunday. But I always put a great deal of care into my Saturdays. And it's also a day that my wife would also try to kind of buffer um, our Saturdays so that I could be ready for Sunday as well. And she's always been very conscientious of that. And, and I'm grateful for it. And I always like to spend a little bit of time with my notes on Saturday in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, would, I did the same thing on as far as my notes for my sermon. You know, and, and honestly, it was always 
there's not a day during the week that I wasn't thinking about the sermon, you know. And so, you know, as you you know what you're aiming toward, then it seems like God would give you extra stuff during the week. And so you add that in. And Saturday's a great day to just kind of read over it and make sure you know where you're going. Yes, and we're going to come to this a little bit later, but I like to be completely done and know that I'm completely done with my notes on Saturday as much as, much as possible. I don't like to go in and really do Sunday morning editing. Um, it mm. sometimes happens, but I don't like to do any of that if I can avoid it. So I like to go in as prepared as I can so that if I had to preach on Saturday night, I would be prepared to do that. But anyway, Sunday morning begins Saturday. That's kind of our first thing. The second thing is you've got to set a good tone for Sunday morning. So Sunday morning is a day where I like to get up early. You know, when mm-hmm. I um, lived real, really near the church, I, I would oftentimes be in my office at six o'clock. I've got a friend who gets in the office at five o'clock on Sunday morning. Um, he's a super early bird. He loves early, early mornings. But get up early and set a good tone for the day. I think that's a big deal. Well, yeah, it's nice before everyone else gets there, right, to be able to spend some time. But um, I had a friend, Alan, that he would write his sermon on Sunday morning at like five o'clock in the morning. And I was like, man, I can't do that. There's no way. Uh, but that's what that was his deal. And so and he was a good pastor and preacher. So. But I tell you, one thing I did almost every Sunday is I would go to the convenience store before I went to my office. I'd get my breakfast burrito and Coke and I'd go and sit and just have some time to myself after I had opened all the doors, turned on all the heaters or air conditioners, whatever, and just have some time alone with God as I had my breakfast. So it's a good thing on a Sunday morning to have, a, you know, kind of a time to where you can just enjoy time before everyone else shows up yeah just to have some time of prayer and in preparation to really you know it's it, it's nothing different when i had runners you know we had a kind of a thing that we would do before races where the last few minutes before we got to a location we would have a time of quiet and on the bus where we kind of put our game faces on so to speak and this is getting your game face on getting alone with god getting prepared for what he wants to do in and through you um, for any given day, and, and that's important. And so, you know, you want to want to get there. You want to get going. And you know, here's my thing: you want to know that your sermon is ready at this point in time. And this is what I'm saying: there's hardly anyone else there. Know that mm-hmm. you're good to go. Know that you could get up and preach it right in that moment um, if you had to, because the next thing we'd say is that people matter. And this is one thing where I'd like to con- contend with pastors. Hey, have a good routine, but I hope your routine involves people because Sunday is is what God wants to do through the people. I see sometimes pastors who just want to stay in their study until it's time to go out and deliver the message. And I really think that's what a preacher does, but that's not what a pastor does. I, I agree. I want you to, I want to encourage you. If you're going to have an enduring ministry, you need to learn to be a pastor. So people matter. So take time to then focus on the people because you've already focused on the message. Yeah, I, I agree, Alan. And, you know, some of the best time was sitting around tables with my church family uh, before everything started, having those donuts that got brought to the church, um, you know, just sitting and visiting. 
because uh, that's some of the folks, that's your only time to see them during the week. And, you know, you don't want to just be that talking head that gets up and nobody talks to beforehand. Um, before the sermon, you want to have some time. And, you know, uh, Dana and I always, we taught a class on Sunday morning before the worship time. And so we tried to include, you know, cram as much people time as we could in on Sunday morning just to be able to, to uh, be a blessing to them and, and listen to them. But if you don't have your stuff ready to go, then it's hard to focus on what people have to say and the questions they may have, um, be able to pray for them, pray with them. So I would agree, people definitely matter. You need to have time that you can focus on them. Yeah, visibility matters, and being visible in front of your church is a big deal. People need to see you. They need to know um, that you're, you're out there, in a way, leading the charge for the, every Sunday. You know, Trent, you mentioned that you taught a small group. I sometimes taught a small group. What are some of the pros and cons of teaching a small group before you preach? Well, for me, you know, you've got to be prepared for the small group as well as you do for the sermon. And so it sometimes it can be, it's like you've got all these things swirling around in your head, right? You've got the sermon, plus you've got the, the Bible study part of it and and keeping those things separate. And having time to prepare for both of them um, it is tough. And, you know, honestly, I was, I could do okay off the cuff with a Bible study. Can't, couldn't do that on a sermon, but with a Bible study, I could, you know, I, I was okay without having to prepare a whole lot. And my wife, Dana, is way better at that preparing for Bible study part. So we played off each other pretty well. Yeah, I think it's a, a real challenge. And I, I think what you said about time management. So think about your whole day. Do you have a Sunday night service that you're also leading? Discipleship mm. program. How many times are you teaching different things on a Sunday? If, you, if you've got four different things you've got to teach and prepare on a Sunday, you're, you're preparing too much on one day. You're going to have to let something go. If you're going to stay in this, you're going to endure, you're going to last in ministry, you're going to burn out. If you're doing that, Sunday, you're going to burn out. So think about your whole day from that standpoint and whether or not you can do all those multiple things that you're going to do. Um, so you you do have the time to prepare adequately for those things. So you don't feel like you're going in unprepared. You don't feel like you're going in not giving your best or your whole heart's not into something. Teaching a small group, I know pastors who do it. I know some who don't. I know some who won't. Um, so, you know, just, just know, know yourself a little bit, be true, be true. You and I are people, we, we love the enjoyment. We like teaching small groups as much as we like preaching. So uh, it is a natural fit for us in that way. You know, when it's time for the service to start, I hope you've been visible. You know, I like to go through the auditorium and shake as many hands and talk to as many different people as I can, um, getting ready for the service. But when the service starts, as much as possible, I, I wanted to be a worshiper who led by example. You know, I, I wasn't one of those pastors who would who would skip the worship service and come walking in after the music was over or anything like that. I sat up front and I, I tried to engage in worship. Yeah, we always told our, our folks, especially our praise team, that, you know, you're not just a worship leader, you're a lead worshiper. And I think that's true of the pastor as well you need to be if you're not part of leading the worship then you need to be up at the front you know um 
maybe not sitting on stage. I, I didn't ever like that sitting on stage when I'm not doing stuff. I, that is not cool to me. Uh, but I would always be up on the front row and I would be worshiping just as much as anyone. And I was enjoying God and, and trying to be an example to my folks of, hey, this is this is time to set aside for lifting up the name of Jesus. So it was an important time for me as well. Yeah, one time my wife was um, helping lead worship in our service in Colorado and I'm I'm just worshiping. My eyes are closed and my hands are raised. And I didn't know that, you know, we we had a mission team there that week. So we're having a really great Sunday. But one of the young students on this mission team had gotten altitude sickness and had passed out at the back of the church. And um, uh, I have had a first responder in our church who had called 911 so they could come check him out and everything. I was just worshiping. And we've got a a man down in the back row. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You know, but uh, I, I'd rather be guilty of not knowing what's going on because I'm worshiping than mm-hmm. always figure out that I got to run everything and missing out on on worship. So, lead by example, be be engaged in that in that worship atmosphere. And while you're doing that, you know, wor- the act of worship is not just praising God, but it's hearing what God has to say to us as well. Mm-hmm. This is where you know you're engaged in your message. But when you're getting prepared to go up there, I, I love something I heard a speaker say, and I believe it was John Maxwell or, or he was quoting someone, but said when they asked him, what do you think about right before you get up to, to speak? You know, and they wanted him to think, well, I'm going over my notes. I'm going over my intro, blah, blah, blah. He says, I'm thinking about the people. And I thought that is so good because how many times have I gotten up there? Okay, is this intro going to go over well? Or <clears throat> is happen? And it's so much better for us when we're thinking about what we're doing, you know, to think about the people. And I've made that a real conscious effort is to try to think about the people before I get up and speak and not think about so much what I'm going to say because I've prepared that. I know what I'm going to say. Right. But let's think about the people. Well, and and so there are two times, I, I would totally agree with you, Alan, that that's a perfect time to be thinking, okay, you've gone around and you've shook some hands, you've, you've heard some people, and you probably have heard some prayer requests during that time, during the morning beforehand. And so what a great time to spend time praying for your people. You, you're praying for those folks that are there. You probably know somebody there who is is either going through a really hard time or they're not a believer. And so you can be lifting them up. Um, I would do the same kind of thing before everybody got there. You know, we talked about being at church early. I would walk around and through all the aisles of my sanctuary and I would, I would just pray over the people that I was hoping would be there, you know, and praying for God to move in that place and that his Holy spirit would have the freedom to speak to all of our hearts. And so, I I think that's so, you know, yes, we're worshiping, but we're also lifting up our people and praying for them that they would have an experience with God. Yeah, that's so good. Well, you've once you preach your message, you have, you have a response time, do all those things you do. You've probably gone to the back, you've shaken hands, you've done all those people things that you do. Do you leave first or do you leave last? I was always among the last to leave, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, Alan, as uh, we were at a church the other day and and 
as we're leaving. And my new role, your role now is we don't have to be that guy who's the last one out. So I was jokingly telling my wife that that's part I really don't miss that much is being the last guy out. But, but yeah, I mean, there's some responsibility. Hopefully you have some folks that you can share that with that, that help to make sure everything's shut down and you don't have to be the only guy that's going around turning off air conditioners, locking doors and all that. Hopefully you've got a team. And if you don't, I really would encourage you to gather, you know, just a couple of guys and you can, that way you can enjoy people more because we've made a big deal of you taking time with people. But I was the same way. I was the last one to leave because I was not only closing things up, but I was talking with people and enjoying the folks in my church the whole time. So I think it's always an important thing. And I think the larger your church with maybe leaving a little bit sooner, Mm -hmm. it amazes me if I go into a church and I see a pastor and they just, you know, they preach their message and they're gone. You turn around and everyone else is visiting, but the pastor's not. I'm like, you know, are are you one of them or are you not? It Mm -hmm. looks, I mean, it really just looks like something's not right there. And it seems like there's a disconnect, but. You know, there's a thing about leaders leave last. You know, we um, had a a person come in a, named Zach Mears who does illusions, and he came into our association, and he says, look, I'm going to stick around until none of you want to stick around anymore. You know, that's cool on the first night, but on after four four nights in a row when he's willing to do that, you're thinking, man, that's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But you do when you're leading. You Leaders understand that we leave last. We come first, we leave last. That's that's what good leaders do. The mm-hmm. same was true in sports with a Magic Johnson or a Larry Bird or a Michael Jordan. First one in, last one out. So that's what leaders do. And so it's important for us to be that kind of leader when we're thinking about it. So once you leave, you've got you've to do lunch. You're probably going to eat somewhere along the way. So... Uh, Trent, did y'all have a, a lunch? Did y'all usually go out for lunch? Did you usually go home for lunch? You know, we tried to be flexible, <clears throat> excuse me, because it, we wanted to be available. If somebody um, asked or invited us to go to lunch, we always tried to be flexible enough uh, to where we could go out if something came up or, you know, and even if we had something preparing at home, we could always go turn that off, set it aside, and we could have that later. But our attitude was always like, hey, if somebody asks, we're going to do our best to go with them. Um, Because, again, this is an extension of that worship time and an extension of time with your church family. And so we would try to go to lunch if someone asked. But um, and then after that, you know, we wouldn't stay real long. You know, even if somebody invited us to their home, we would have lunch and, and stay, you know, for maybe an hour, but then we're going to head back because we need to rest before something comes up, you know, the, the Sunday evening part. Yeah, and you may have, a, you may have a, a desire for no one to work on Sunday, and because of that, you don't do lunch plans. Be true to your convictions on that, that type of thing. I understand that. But we were kind of the same way. Our, our lunch plans reflect if someone needed us, if there were guests that we wanted to take to lunch or – there was a church member that at wanted some special time with us. That's a great time to spend time with someone. So we would 
we would do that. But, you know, my preference most days was no. <laughs> I kind of liked to go, I kind of liked going home and just mm-hmm. a small lunch and then taking some time to rest. But, you know, I, I like you tried to be flexible with that situation. So, you know, what is going to be your routine there? How are you going to create that flexibility? How are you going to prepare for that? When, it, when we had kids, it was a whole lot harder because they were really tired after church a lot of times. Um, our youngest daughter would always fall asleep on her high chair right after mm. church. I, I just wore her out, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, you have to think through those things. What's your routine going to be? And it may change a little bit as you, as you go through the seasons of parenting and seasons of life as well. But always, you need some rest. You Mm. need some time on Sundays to find a time to rest. And some days you can't, but most days you can't. Right. Well, and I want to add in, Alan, that um, this whole deal of lunch and plans, we learned that this is an important place to communicate between Dana and I um, because she may have an expectation that, hey, we've had a long week. We really need to go home. And so it would be bad for me to make a, and say yes to someone else when she's needing to go home. So this is a place where we needed to talk before we committed one way or another, or she may have talked to someone else about going to lunch or invited someone to our house. And if I say yes to someone, it gets real hinky. And so you just, that's a, a big area of communication. Yeah, if you don't do that, you won't have rest. Mm-mm. So you want to have rest. So make sure you do communicate well in that situation. But rest is an important part of what we do. You need to take some time to gain your thoughts, uh, especially if you've got to go back on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But I always like to take a, just a little bit of time, usually sat in a chair, fell asleep. Don't remember much of those times, but grateful for those times. That's right. We have a, Dana has a shirt that says Sundays are for Jesus and naps. And so, uh, yeah, Sunday afternoon nap is one of the best. And, you know, that's what that's why they have bowling on TV or some, <laughs> or golf that where they're talking real soft, you know, and they put you to sleep in your chair. Or so, but, yeah, you do need that rest. Your sermon again. And that usually did it for you like you did. for me. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, then the last thing you need to think about is, does your church have Sunday night or do you not have Sunday night? Um, If you do, that's one of those things you you want to be preparing for that during the week and not waiting till Sunday afternoon, because that sucks all your rest time away. Um, So, but you, you just need to be thinking through that. Yeah, Sunday nights and what are you going to do on Sunday nights? That's a question too. If you have Sunday nights, Trent, do you, do you have a preference? Let's just let's just be controversial today, because okay. uh, we we have churches we represent that do all kinds of different things. But what was your preference as a pastor on Sunday nights? Um, my preference was to not have Sunday nights, mostly because, and I I don't have anything against it as long as you know you have folks that are. It's not just a small group. You know, that, you know, two or three people, it's awful hard to get excited about doing a Sunday night thing. Uh, if you have, if you, and I, and we would typically not do a consistent thing. We would do like a six weeks, say we're going to do a series. 
on Sunday evenings or Sunday afternoons for six weeks, and then we're going to take a break and not have something on Sunday nights. So um, we kind of did a blend, but yeah, my preference would be to not do Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Yeah, I would probably be the same <clears throat> because you put a lot into Sunday morning, and I think your people need a Sabbath time. Mm-hmm. them to come back oftentimes and do more really undercuts their ability to enjoy a day of Sabbath in their mm-hmm. life. So for that reason, I'd probably rather not. But then my other question is, are you doing discipleship? When are you going to do discipleship? When are you going to do additional things? Because if you're just doing a Sunday morning service, and I, I think where I was in Colorado, it was easier to get away with doing less. But I also... Mm-hmm opportunities to do more discipleship so what are you doing to bridge that gap because you need discipleship opportunities if all you're doing is a sunday morning service you're missing a lot and sunday morning service and sunday school helps but sunday school is more of traditionally an evangelistic and outreach and care tool whereas small groups are more of a discipleship tool so Think about those things. If you're not going to do Sunday night or if your church is ready for a change, what are you going to do to fill the discipleship gap? Because you're going to have to do that during the week sometime. Yeah, and, um, you know, a lot of the churches, excuse me, that we talk with, they, you know, they do small groups at different times. and, And I like that model because it does allow you to be flexible enough to do your, your, that discipleship time and all kinds of the, the times of the week, you know, like one small group may meet on Tuesday nights at someone's house or someone's house, or some may meet for Sunday lunch at a house or a restaurant and they gives them time to have that, that, um, discipleship time, but also fellowship time. So there you go. We've made it through Sunday night. Wiped out on Sunday night. Sunday night was always one of my best nights of sleep, unless there was something really that went wrong, really weird on a Sunday. But I was usually wiped out. So there, there, there you go, Trent. We've taken care of a routine Sunday. It starts on Saturday. You know, you got to set your tone by getting up early. Remember that people matter. Lead by example and worship. Leave last. Um, determine how you're going to deal with lunch, rest, and then figure out what you're going to do about Sunday nights. And there's a routine Sunday for you. There you go. Well, and again, just like Alan said at the beginning, that everyone's routine is probably different uh, based on your your gifting and and um, your personality. But uh, we really want to encourage you to to have enough of a routine to where you can handle when something goes crazy, uh, something happens that you need to uh, have some time to do something different you're at least prepared and you don't have to be that guy, like Alan said, that is sitting in your office and locked himself away during the whole time of Sunday mornings until it's time for him to preach. I don't think that's a good example at all. So, um, but again, we want you to to think through this. And, and if you have a suggestion, maybe you have something that you've learned over the years and you would like to share, then please contact us, let us know, or maybe that'd give us a great, uh, idea for another podcast episode. We would enjoy that, Alan. We would. We want to hear from you. And your routine may look different. If you want to share your routine with us, we'd love to share that with others as well. So you can reach out to us and let us know that. But we are so grateful that you take time to be a part of the Enduring Churches podcast and that you listen to us and you hear what we say. And I hope 
we are doing a good job of listening to you and what you say. You mean so much to us, and we're grateful for the time you give us each week, and we look forward to catching you on our next episode. <laughs>